So at this point, I've studied uh, two foreign languages that don't use the Latin alphabet. And I've started to feel like I kind of got gypped with English. Our writing system sucks. It doesn't make any sense compared to most other phonetic writing systems. In both Chinese and Japanese, their phonetic writing systems have characters that don't change pronunciation. In English, the word appear and the word pair are pronounced pretty differently despite having the same letters. But in Japanese or Chinese, if you have a collection of letters, they make the same sound no matter what word they're in. This makes it a lot easier to pick up the language. Um, and a lot of my foreign friends have commented on this, how English is so hard to learn because we have all these different pronunciations. So I was wondering how this happened. How did we end up with such a messed up writing system? Um, and it seems like it must just be that we've had phonetic writing for a long time. China and Japan and Kenya all got their phonetic writing systems or at least their modern versions of their phonetic writing systems in the last hundred years. And so there really hasn't been that much time for words to pick up weird pronunciations. On the other hand, for English, we've had the Latin alphabet for phonetic pronunciation for like, I don't know, a thousand years or something, <laughs> a long time. Um, and so over that time, there's been lots of opportunities for new groups to pronounce the same words in different ways. And all these pronunciations become competitors when trying to standardize the language. Um, and to maintain consistency, we don't want to like change the actual spelling of words. So we keep the spellings the same and just let all these competing pronunciations play it out in the wild. And so that's why today we have the word pair pronounced like the sound from America, even though it has an A in it. Probably at some point, pear was pronounced like peer, but then some weirdos decided they, you know, that they wanted to pronounce the, 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 this fruit's pear, and that's the pronunciation that won, at least in the version of English that I've learned. Um, so after realizing this, I thought also about how this same kind of phenomenon seems to happen with technology in general, not just writing technology. Uh, take, for instance, trains. China's high-speed trains are pretty awesome compared to the U.S. high-speed trains that I've ridden. I mean, I don't, they, we don't really have high-speed trains, or not many of them, but the trains I've ridden in the U.S., high-speed or low-speed, are way outdated compared to Chinese trains. The cow train that connects San Francisco to Silicon Valley doesn't, or at least four years ago, didn't even have outlets, let alone Wi-Fi. Maybe it had a few outlets, but they were not prominent enough that I could usually charge my computer. And there was no Wi-Fi, which kind of sucks because you'd go through tunnels all the time. Um, and the train was like one of the faster commuter trains I'd been on, but it went like 80 miles per hour at most. Chinese high-speed trains have Wi-Fi and USB outlets for charging your phone and normal outlets, 
and they go like 120 miles per hour. Um, but America created its trains way earlier than China. We had trains back in like the 1800s. We've been maintaining and building a rail system for like 200 years, but our trains, we probably have actually spent more money than China, in fact. But our trains are worse. And I think this is just the way technology works. Early adopters have the advantage of having a, the technology up front. So they get all the benefits of that technology early on. But in the long term, they're often held back by having outdated in technology that they've invested in and now have to maintain. Um, and so the next thought I had was, well, maybe this only applies to infrastructure. Trains, after all, are extremely expensive to build. And so we just want to build it once. And that's why we end up with kind of outdated tech there. But how about the internet? Digital technology is not infrastructure. It's the opposite. It's extremely cheap to iterate and update digital technology. The websites we use every day are being constantly updated. So the early adopter problem shouldn't apply there, right? But I think it does. It doesn't apply in the technology itself, but it does apply to our perspectives on the technology. Our perspective on the internet in the US is a perspective that's rooted in our early adoption of that technology. It's rooted in the 90s. It's rooted in this time when the internet was like an intellectual paradise. It was a place where the knowledge of the world was collected for anybody to read it. It was the time of Encarta and the time of Alta Vista. This is the perspective that I grew up with on the internet. And it's a perspective I think that we still to a large extent maintain in the US. And this is, I think, the root of a lot of the issues we've been struggling with around fake news in the US because we still believe that we can trust what we read online. And we're starting to change that. But even now, I think a lot of Americans consume digital media and perhaps they take it from a few trusted sources, but they still trust what they read online. Compare this to my friends in Africa who adopted, who got internet in the last 10 years or so, they don't trust digital media at all. Whether it comes from you know, Twitter or Facebook or CNN or BBC, they have zero trust for digital media. Perhaps they have zero trust for media at all. And there's many reasons for this. And I need to do another podcast on some of those other reasons. But I think one of the big reasons is that they got the internet after social media. Social media changed the game for the internet. It made it possible for there to be tons of information that was not relevant or, you know, depending on your definition of true, true. And um, because my friends in Africa got the internet after social media, their perspective on the internet, the perspective they grew up with was, you just be careful what you read online. Um, and so they don't trust really any media they read online. So um, a kind of interesting, I don't know if it's a counterpoint, but another example is China, which got internet and social media at the same time about 20 years ago. Um, and it's developed its own kind of culture on social media, which I still need to do more research to understand. So I'm not going to comment too much on that today. But anyway, 
these are my thoughts for the day. Um, before I sign off, I'm just going to say that I'll probably be offline for the next few days. And I know I've been kind of spotty with my podcast the last few days. I'm leaving Japan on Thursday. Um, and I'm taking the next two days to go to Disneyland, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So maybe I'll try to release something tomorrow and I'll be off for two days in Disneyland. And then I might try to get something done when I'm in the airport laying over in Korea. But if I'm gone for a few days, this is why I'm on my way to London. Anyway, see you soon.